This is the Purpose Church podcast where we exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Amen. All right. Well, good morning, TPC. I'm so glad to see you today. Welcome. If you're here for the first time and we've not had a chance to meet yet, my name is Kelly, and my husband, Lynn, and I have the honor of getting to pastor this great church. And I'm excited that you are back. If you've been on vacation and you've been gone, welcome back. We're so glad you are here. And also, welcome if this is your very first time. We're so glad you're here today. And so jumping into our series today on prayer, this is actually part two. Part one was a few weeks ago, and so if you missed it, definitely go back and check that out on the, on the podcast. But I wanted to give you a little recap because it's been a couple of weeks. We had a couple of guest speakers since uh, part one and today. So when Pastor Landon preached part one of this, it was called, why Pe- well, it was about prayer, but his, his question was, why people don't pray more? And he had these four reasons. He said, maybe you're not sure how to pray. Maybe you get bored or distracted while trying to pray. That's okay. That, you know what, do you know what that means? It means that you're a human. It means that your brain is firing just like it should be. You are perfectly fine. All you got to do is bring those thoughts back. Maybe also you don't pray more because you think that your requests are too small for God. But if it matters to you, it matters to God. And then the fourth reason he talked about why people don't pray more is maybe they aren't sure that their prayers will make a difference. There have been times where you pray and nothing happens, right? So maybe, maybe that is a discouragement to you when it comes to praying. So he had three points in that message. The first one, um, it was, well, the point was that prayer is communicating with God. And the first point was to talk to God with gut-level honesty. God's not offended by the, the realness and the authenticity, authenticity of your feelings. In fact, there's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations, which is, which is what the weeping prophet was pouring his heart out to God, and it wasn't all positive stuff. So you could be gut-level honest with God. And then um, also everything that matters to you. Pray about everything that matters. If it matters to you, it matters to God. And then he talked about praying continually. And that might have personally been my favorite point was praying continually. And so that was recapping part one. And today as we talk about prayer, um, I want to ask you a question of, I want to ask if you have ever asked the question of, why isn't God answering my prayer? Maybe you've been really praying passionately for something, and you've been praying and praying and praying, but you don't feel that your prayers are making a difference. So maybe you've been praying for healing. Maybe somebody you know has been really sick, and you've been praying that God will heal them. And not only is God not healing them, but in fact, maybe they're getting more sick. Maybe the cancer's progressing. Maybe the person that you were really believing for actually passes away. What do you do with that? And maybe you've been praying for a marriage to be restored. Maybe you've been praying for reconciliation and you've been passionately and fervently every day pleading before the Lord for your marriage and yet it ends in divorce. Those things are real life things that that we go through. And, And maybe you've been praying for somebody's salvation. Maybe it's for your child or a family member who's been far from God and you pray for them. And and it it seems the more you pray, in fact, they're getting further away from God. So why isn't God answering our prayers? What really matters to God when we pray? And I want to look at five things that really matter to God when we pray. I know you're thinking five things. We'll go quickly, I promise. But I do want to look at five things that matter to God when we pray and 
As I was just thinking through these scriptures and, and what we're talking about today, I was reminded of an incident that happened this summer. And I actually took a couple of pictures of it. I don't have them to share with you today, but I took pictures because I was actually, I was thinking, I'm going to share this story with the church when it comes time for 21 days of prayer. And we were on vacation. We were in Michigan, and we were going to Mackinac Island, and we stopped at this drive-in burger place for lunch. And because everybody's short-staffed, it was taking a very long time. And to keep the kids from getting too restless, I just let them out in the parking lot to play like a good parent. I realize how that sounds. But in the parking lot, like off to the side, there was like uh, some trees and a dirt mound. And uh, so I let the kids go play in the trees. And uh, there was this huge dirt mound. It was probably like as big as this whole platform. And we had gone to the zoo the day before and the gift shop. Uh, any parents out there, like, you hate the gift shop? The friends we vacation with, they love the gift shop. Like, they look forward to it. They save money up all year. It just, I feel like Paul, like, it's a thorn in my side for me. So the kids, the boys found these little toys, these, like, little tiny toys. What is it with kids and the tiniest toys? I don't know. But they, the, the boys were so excited about these little tiny toys. And they were carrying them around. It was their, their little treasures. And they were out playing on this big dirt mound. And, and there were like bushes and trees all back there. And they were like just the tiniest little toy. Kind of like an orangey brown color also. Well, he loses this toy. My middle child loses his toy. And he's very upset about it. It's a new toy to him, so I get it. He lost his toy. And we had, I had looked everywhere like in the, in the ground, around the trees, in the plants, looking for it. And I could not find it. And finally I was like, I was like it's, it's not here. You've lost it. And he was just so upset. And I was just walking around looking for it. And I had actually taken a phone call. And then I was just looking while I was talking on the phone and still waiting for our food for so long. And then we were about to leave. And this sounds silly. And honestly, I kind of debated whether or not sharing this with you because it feels so silly. But in that moment, I just stopped and I prayed. And I said, Lord, this matters a lot to Levi. Like, I know it's just a toy and it's kind of silly, but it, it matters a lot to him. Would you please help me find it? We're about, like, we're about to leave. Like, it's that last, last inning kind of moment right then. And I promise, I looked down and I found the toy right there, right before I left, this little tiny toy. And I thought, I thought about this, that point that Pastor Lena preached a while back. If it matters to you, it matters to God. It mattered to Levi, and I thought, I just had this moment, maybe it was a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit, just ask me to help you. And then I looked down, and right before we left, I found it, and I was excited to tell him. I was excited to tell him, Levi, look what I found. And I told him the story, I said, we were, I was about to head back to the van, we were about to leave, and I prayed, and I asked God, and he answered my prayer for you, like he loves you so much, he answered this prayer for you. And then... As, as, as excited as I was to share that with him, we know that doesn't always happen, right? It doesn't happen when it comes to things much more important than a little boy's toy. Because we're talking about big life stuff. We're talking about death. We're talking about divorce. We're talking about salvation. We're talking about healing. So why doesn't God answer prayers like that sometimes? But then he'll answer a prayer where we're looking for a toy for a little kid. So we're going to look at some of these things today, and, and a story that I think of that can contrast that situation is uh, about a year and a half ago, depending on how long you've been with us, you'll remember this, a building came up for sale on Pat Booker. It's right in the part of town that like, our heart really, really wants to be. It's in this Live Oak area. 
We just, we love this area. We feel like this is where God really wants us to be. And a building came available. So we started pursuing it with our uh, real estate team and our trustees. And we were um, going after this building. And we had great faith for this building. And you know how the story ends because you are here and not on Pat Booker. Spoiler alert, you're at Great Heart. <laughs> Our overseer, Pastor Jackie White, was in town and we were meeting at a different venue at the time. And, and y'all, I think we were full of faith as a church. I know as a team, Landon and me, as, as your pastors, Pastor Jackie was agreeing with our faith. Like in the moment, he's up here preaching, and he, he looks at us like, do you guys trust us? And we're like, you're, you're like our overseer. Of course we trust you. So he calls the church out to pray around the building, to just declare it for Jesus, whether it was for us or whatever, but to de- if it's like for the people, if it doesn't go to us. But that regardless, that that building will be used to bring people to know the living God. So our church gathered, and we worshiped, and we prayed, and we walked the perimeter, and we symbolically poured wine around it. Like, we could have all, you know, gotten a ticket or something. We felt like real rule breakers. But we had a lot of faith for that building. And we were praying for that building. And it didn't go through. And we're like, but God, like, the, the dreams we have and, the, and the, the dreams we have in our heart and the vision we see for this building... Why would you not make this happen? Like, this would have been an easy thing for God to make happen. It would have been an easy thing for God to make happen. And we, we see in our, in our heart and in our mind, we see after-school programs for kids, and we see classes for parents, and we see maybe a, being a food distribution site. We see all these great things that we want to do that make it really difficult when you're portable. Shout out to our setup team. You guys are amazing and gals. We're so grateful for our setup and teardown team because portability is supposed to not be a long-term game. There is a, it feels often like there can be a shelf life to being a portable church. And so if you are in the room and you are on our setup and teardown team, you guys have no idea the depth of honor and respect and appreciation we have for you guys. And I just want to remind you if you're on that team, and I know your team leaders do a great job of reminding you of this, but you are not just pulling trailers. You are not just rolling cases. You are not just setting up pipe and drape. You are setting up a temple, where a sanctuary where the presence of God can come and where lives can be changed and where people can meet Jesus. So thank you for your faithfulness as our setup and teardown team. And, and we were actually thinking of you guys a lot when we were hoping and praying for this building. And it didn't go through. So there are times where God answers our prayer and we find a tiny toy that seems kind of insignificant in the big scheme of things. And then there are things that are really important to us that God doesn't answer those things. So as we talk about the five things, the first thing that matters to God, and these are from scripture, that as we pray things that matter to God, the first thing is that your relationships matter. Your relationships with each other matter. And the way you treat one another matters to God. And scripture says it impacts your prayers. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, anything against anyone, forgive him. So that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. We see here a connection between your relationships with people and the effectiveness of your prayers. So when you're praying, your relationships matter. The Bible is very clear how it can hinder our prayers. 
And I believe that these lessons and these insights from the word of God are given to us as instructions for how we should live our lives. And we sing about it. We say, your way is better. Well, let, let's believe that. His way is better. And here's how he says we should live. He says that we should forgive other people because we've received God's forgiveness. We withhold forgiveness from other people and at the same time reaching out for God's forgiveness for us. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. What is God saying here? He's saying the way you treat one another matters. As a parent, I care very much about how my kids treat each other. I care very much that they are kind to each other. I care very much that they are respectful and loving to one another. Um, It matters more to me than if they do chores. It matters more to me than if they mind the first time with a happy heart, the first time quickly. Like those things matter to me, but it matters most to me how they treat each other. As a parent, I instill the value into them that the way they treat each other matters. And to, to like make that context for me even worse is when they're nice to everybody else. When they're nice to everybody else, they want to go play with their friends. And when they're kind to their friends' siblings, I'm like, but you have your sibling right here. You need to be nice to your own sibling. It matters how my kids treat each other. And it matters to God how we treat his kids. It matters to God that we get along with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I just want to encourage you today, if there's something that you're consistently praying about and you're feeling like there's an unanswered prayer there, examine your heart. Examine your heart and see if there's any bitterness or unforgiveness in you. Psalm 139 is this. And when we did our prayer series about a year ago, we talked about dangerous prayers. And here's a dangerous prayer. It's in Psalm 139. It says, search me. Oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I promise that if you will pray this dangerous prayer and then if you will wait for a few moments in silence, it will not take long for the Lord to show you maybe some things that you have done that maybe you should ask for forgiveness for or maybe some things in your own heart that you've been really holding on to that you need to let go of. I always think about it. If I were to cross this person in the grocery store, would I avoid them or would I want to talk to them? And if I find myself wanting to avoid them, then there's probably some resentment or some bitterness or unforgiveness that I need to deal with. So our, our relationships matter. Number two is our motives matter. James 4.3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Scripture is very clear. Our relationships matter. They do hinder our prayers. Our motives matter. If you ask with the wrong motives, it hinders the effectiveness of our prayers because we're asking with selfishness. Proverbs 16.2 says, All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. The Lord knows our motives. And if you're praying for something, and, and as you're praying for it, you're like, God, if you would just let this house come through, God, let, let our offer be accepted. We really want this house, God. We promise that we will host small groups if you just bless us with this house. But are you hosting small groups now? I just want to know. Just want to know. The way you steward a thing now is the way you'll steward the upgrade. Do you know what I mean? And if you, you probably like, God, let me win this scratch off. Let me win this lottery 
giving. I promise I'm going to give some to the church. But are you tithing the 10%? I'm just asking. Like the Lord weighs the motives. And sometimes we have selfish motives when we pray. And I think sometimes we are not even aware of the selfishness really driving our prayers. And it's okay to pray for yourself. Those are not the same thing. Asking for things in your life or bringing your requests before the Lord is a good thing. But if the motive behind it is for your own selfish pleasure and gain, that is where the Lord is weighing our motives. So your relationships matter. Your motives matter. And number three, the way you live matters. The way you live matters. I've heard people say things like, your, your prayers are as powerful as Billy Graham's. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, I've heard a story before of where they were giving a tour in the house that Billy Graham grew up in, or, or the, maybe it was the house where he went to college in, that there are holes worn in the carpet beside his bed from where he would kneel every day and pray. The way you live matters. So I don't think that all of us, I don't think all of our prayers are as effective as Billy Graham's, but I do think that we all have the same access to God as Billy Graham, and I think that we all have the same potential and the power of our prayers as Billy Graham. But scripture does indicate that the way we live matters. James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And honestly, this is a little tricky to preach on because we want to steer clear of a religion that says you have to do certain things to earn God's love. This is not that. This is not that. This is not I have to be good so God answers my prayers. But the way we live matters. God does call us into a life of holiness. And it's not a really popular message, to be honest, because it gets taken as religion. And a lot of us are getting free from religion. And then we can tend to go to the other side of that. But we're going to end up leaning to the direction that we're listening to. So if you're listening to the Lord, you'll lean more towards his ways. If you're listening to the world or to the news or to culture to friends who are far from God, you're going to lean towards that. But scripture indicates over and over again that the way you live matters. Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood for us. Not that we can take it in vain and keep on living a life of sin and, and covered in grace and forgiveness over and over and over and over. The way we live matters. Holiness to God matters. The Bible says that it, we have everything we need for a life of godliness in Christ. That we have everything we need. And what we have is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can empower us to live a life that he's called us to live. The Holy Spirit can empower us to live a life that is actually holy. Because we've been called to holiness. And when we think about the Holy Spirit, just think of his name. Holy Spirit. Not acceptance spirit. Not tolerance spirit. Not forgiveness spirit. Not grace spirit, not love spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. He is perfect. He is righteous. And he calls us into a life of holiness. And he, he, he empowers us to do that. Does it mean that we are without sin? No, it's probably been 20 minutes since I have sin. But I am a sinner who has been saved by grace. I'm a sinner who has received the blood of Jesus. And, and so if I am not living a life that's right, I'm constantly bringing those things before the Lord. So if you find yourself in a pickle, don't not pray because you're like, well, I'm not holy. Well, neither am I. But thankfully, God sees me through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And so if you find yourself in a bind, don't not pray because you're like, well, I'm not holy. Definitely still pray, but also get your life together. Also get your life together. And, and how do we get our life together? You submit yourself to him. You, you pray this sacrificial prayer of here I am, God, take me. Having sin in our life and asking for forgiveness in that is not the same as living in perpetual sin. Those things are not the same. As Christians, we are called to live a life of holiness. Not perfection, holiness. Sinners saved by grace. But the way we live does matter. Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but hears the prayer of the righteous. As the parent of my oldest is turning 10 in like two weeks. I'm okay. We're okay. Everything's fine. She's 10. So I, don't, I have not yet parented a teenager. So the proof will be in the pudding in some years, and we can revisit this conversation. On this side of it, I feel like my stance will be, I will be happy to provide car insurance and a vehicle for you and money as it can be given to you. But I also expect that you are doing well in school, that you have good grades, that you are making good choices, that you're that you're choosing good friends, that you're involved in extracurriculars, that you are taking that part of your life seriously, that you are involved in church, that you are attending youth group. That you, you know what I'm saying? So as a parent, there's a lifestyle expectancy there. The way we live matters. So it's not about trying really hard, and I want to make that clear. It's not about trying really hard, and if you do all the right things, then God has to give you what you ask for. God, I do not drink, I do not smoke, I do not chew, I do not hang out with those who do, and yet you're not answering my prayer. We don't get to boss God into answering our prayers based on our behavior. You cannot earn God's love or grace, it's freely given to us. And on the flip side of that, massively blowing it, screwing it up big time, doesn't exclude you from God answering your prayers either. But the way you live does matter. Your relationships matter. Your motives matter. The way you live matters. Also, your faith matters. When, you, when it comes to praying, your faith matters. James 1, 6 through 7 says, But when he asks, and he's talking about prayer here, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. God responds to a very childlike faith. And when I think about childlike faith, I think about like, God, will you please help me find this toy? <laughs> that may be the most childlike faith type prayer I can actually remember praying. Uh, I don't know. I could really think about it. It might be worse. But it's one that I can think about for us in this moment. But God responds to a childlike faith. And, and we don't know more than God. And we shouldn't tell God what he can or can't do. And sometimes when we withhold prayers from him, we're already telling him what he can or can't do. So in faith, ask God for things. But our faith does matter. Matthew 9, 29 says, it's a story of, of two guys who came to Jesus and they were asking to be healed. And it says, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. And their sight was restored. It was completely because of their faith that their sight was restored. I remember the story of the woman who uh, touched the hem of his garment. 
Jesus didn't even know that he had been touched, but the woman was healed just because of her faith. So our faith does matter. It, it matters a lot because all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. I'm thinking of the story in Daniel chapter 3 of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were thrown into a fiery furnace because they refused to worship false gods. And King Nebuchadnezzar, he turns the furnace up seven times hotter than it already was supposed to be. The Bible says that this furnace was so hot that the, the men throwing them into the fire were killed because it was so hot. But these guys were there and, and they were praying. And one of the things they said, and I love the scripture, it's ahead of a few slides if you guys can find it. He says, they replied to the king, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. I think this is like an intentional side note. That's just a good answer for people. When, you're, when you are choosing a life of holiness and you are choosing not to participate in certain things or go certain places or hang out with certain people, here is a good answer for you. I do not have to defend myself in this matter. Another translation says, I'm not going to answer that question. I don't have to actually answer. You don't, you don't have to answer to people. Verse 17, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, this is what they said. If we are thrown into the furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Complete faith. I know that God is able. And it says that, and he will deliver us from his hand. But even if he does not, I want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold you have set up. So here's a picture of, of three guys who are praying. They are full of faith, and they know, they know that they know that they know that my God can. My God is able, and my God can save. So you've got to have faith. And when I think back to praying over the building on Pat Booker, I think not only did I have faith for it, I know that Pastor Landon had faith for it, I felt like our church had faith for it. I felt like Pastor Jackie put himself out there and had faith for it. I felt like when we showed up and we worshiped and we, we walked around the perimeter, y'all, I felt like there was high levels of faith, not excitement, not just energy. Those things were there. But there was this, this essence that you could sense that was something much more, and it was that of faith. And this next thing I'm going to share with you, it's not to like pat me on the back. It's not a weird faith flex or a romantic flex in my marriage. This is just to kind of let you in behind the, behind the curtain, so to speak, to let you know where our faith really was on this. So humbly, I'm sharing this part with you. We would actually be out on date night for all the weeks that we were going through this whole process. And we'd be like, let's just go by the building. And so we'd go by the building and we would get out. We'd lay hands on it and pray. It's romantic, let me tell you. It's real romantic. So God not answering that prayer for us couldn't have been because we didn't have enough faith. Our faith for that building was very high. And I, and I could resonate with the words of the Hebrew boys in Daniel 3. Like, my God is able. It would be an easy thing for God to do. My God is able. Am I willing to take the next step of the Hebrew boys? But even if he doesn't, I will still trust him. So faith matters. The way we live matters, your motives matter, your relationships matter. But you can't just be good and believe like this, like, I'm just going to believe and then it's going to happen. It doesn't work that way either. We can't faith God and we cannot use our faith to try to boss God into minding us or responding to us. There's no true, like, I know if, depending on your faith background, there's no name it and claim it. It, it doesn't work that way. There's no blab it and grab it, if you know what I'm saying. You can't just 
believe and materialize things with your belief. Your faith matters, but also God's will matters. God's will matters, and God is sovereign. There's a, a story of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. We could agree that Paul did things right. That he was a righteous guy, and he lived for the Lord. And there's a verse that says that he had a thorn in his side, and that he pleaded with the Lord to remove it. And this definition of the word plead indicates the most intense pleading one can. It's, it's where you're, you are begging God. You are, you are begging him to move. And, and the Bible says that Paul pleaded with the Lord to remove this thorn, and yet God didn't. God had other plans for him. And in fact, it was in this moment where Paul was asking God to remove this thorn from his side, and God did not, that, that Paul writes these words. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power made perfect in weakness. So whatever it is maybe you've been praying for, and God didn't answer your prayer in that thing, and it indicated some kind of loss. God's grace is sufficient for you in that place of loss. If it's a loss of a life, if it's the loss of health, if it's the loss of a marriage, in my circumstance with this story, the loss of a building, which if you're new around here, maybe it's kind of hard to contextualize that, but let me kind of paint the rest of the picture here. This was in January, a year and a half ago, that this building fell through. Last minute, we submit our bid. And at the very last minute, someone came in. They had insider knowledge. And they came in and overbid us slightly last minute. And then it's a done deal. We felt robbed. We felt like the, like the enemy stole something from us. And, and this dream, this hope that we had, it was gone. And so we lost it. And not to be insensitive to those who have suffered the, the pain and the loss of miscarriage. I myself have, so I'm not in any way saying this insensitively. But as we process it, even with Pastor Jackie later, he described it as like having a miscarriage. Like you're pregnant with this hope, with this dream. You want to give birth to it, give life to it, see it grow and flourish into all that God has for it. And then it's lost. So not only did we go through that, but right after that is when the pandemic hit and we went online only. So those of us who were there and we were praying, we were walking around the, the perimeter and we showed up to worship and we were praying over it. Not only did we lose that building, but then we were all separated and scattered into our own homes to be online for an indefinite amount of time. It was a painful loss. But even in that moment, even through that season, even through all the online church and, and moving to this building and set up team, still being set up team, guess what? His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is completely sufficient for us. We have to trust God's will and God's sovereignty. I went through the season where I was like, you know what? The enemy stole this from us. And if I'm going to choose my fight, I'm going to win. I'm going to win the fights that I choose. I'm going to choose this fight. But I also had to come to a place where I accept God's will for us, where I trust in his sovereignty. God's will isn't always what we want or what we desire. And we can ask and we can wonder, where is God in this? It would have been better for that person to live and not die. But what God can do through our unanswered prayers is more than we could ask or imagine. God doing through our actual answered prayers. And actually, the, the rest of this story for us is still being written. And someday I'll get to tell the rest of the story where we thought this was the building we wanted. 
And I'm so glad that God didn't answer that prayer because look at where we are now. That's the hope and the faith that we have that uh, where God is taking us. That God is going to do and he can do and he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or imagine. So we have to have faith for it. Suffering, here's good news for you, ready? It's going to be warm and fuzzy, brace yourself. Suffering is the gem of faith and character development. It is exactly what God uses to refine us. Is suffering. And we see this example lived out in Jesus. Jesus was not excluded from this. Jesus went through all the suffering on the cross. He went through the beating. He went through the thorns on his head. He went through being nailed to the cross and then beat and crucified. Would it have been better for him to live? No, he, he has saved all of humanity for all of time through his suffering. It was better for us and everybody that he suffered. And he knew that. In Luke twenty-two forty-two, Jesus, in this moment before the cross, he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. So wherever you find yourself this morning, sitting in an unanswered prayer, maybe sitting in a place of suffering, maybe sitting in a place of pain or feeling weakness, and you're asking God to take this cup from you. Here's the second part of the prayer from Jesus. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. Your relationships matter. Your motives matter. The way you live matters. Your faith matters. All these things matter when it comes to prayer. But God's will matters also. God's will matters. And what matters most, what matters most of all of these things, is that you have to have an honest relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ. I believe that our churches all across America are full of people who really know about God. But are empty of knowing the person of God. That are empty of, of knowing him through the person of Jesus Christ. Because knowing God and knowing about God are not the same thing. We have to connect our hearts to God. He wants to know you. He wants to hear you. He wants to speak to you. He desires a relationship with you. John 9, 31 says, we know that God does not listen to sinners. This is not me being judgmental. This is the Bible. Not being judgmental, trying to help somebody. It says, he listens to the godly man who does his will. So not knowing about God, but knowing him personally. Do you want God to answer your prayers? You want your prayers to be effective? You need to know him. God wants to hear from you. He desires to hear from you, from you. You matter to him. He wants to speak to you. He wants to answer your prayers. And he wants to, you to have a relationship with him. As I was getting ready for this message and I was just thinking about it and it was on my heart. I was at the pool yesterday and um, there were a couple of moms chatting. And this little girl, she was very small, like maybe almost two. She jumped in, and she was so excited, and she looks at me, and also, I don't really know this little girl. I've seen her around at the pool, but she goes, I jump in, and I was like, yes, you did. That was awesome. You jump in, and uh, she was so excited. She was trying to tell her mom, but her mom was in a conversation with another mom. Shout out, moms. We know how to but her mom's like chatting it up over here. And the little girl was like, mom, 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 I jump in, I jump in, and the little girl was like so excited, and she's going to tell her mom. 
And the little girl never, never once in her enthusiasm, like slowed down in her passion to tell her mom. Never once was she like, nah, my mom doesn't really wanna know. Never once was she was like, ah, she must not care. Never once was this little girl like, uh, it's probably not a big deal to my mom. This little girl was hell-bent on the fact that she knew her mom would want to know that she'd dump in. And, and finally, the little girl got her mom's attention, and her mom was so excited. The little girl knew. The little girl knew exactly how her mom would respond to her. And the little girl was not going to give up until she got her mom's attention. So her mom finally looked at her. She's like, why? She goes, I jumped in. And her mom celebrated with her. It was like, you're so big. You're a big girl. You jumped in. And it maybe kind of seems silly to you. But when I saw that picture yesterday, I wanted to try to paint that picture for you. Because in the same way, God wants to hear from you. And I want to encourage you to not give up. To not pull back. To not think, ah, oh, he must not care. Because he absolutely does. And, and not to pull back and think, ah, oh, it must not be important to him. It absolutely is. He, without fail, every time, wants to hear from you. He desires a relationship with you. He wants to know the things that are on your heart. You are his kid, and he wants to hear from you. And all you have to do is have a relationship with him. And maybe today I think we find ourselves in one of two places. One is we have a relationship with him, but there might be some cultivating that needs to be done. There might be some cultivating where we need to just spend more time. That's usually the answer to anything, is that it just needs more time. In our personal relationships and our relationship with God, it just takes time. And maybe you need to cultivate your relationship with God by just spending more time with Him. And if we lean to the thing that we listen to, let's start leaning, let's, let's start listening more to God. Let's start listening more to what he's saying in his word. Let's start listening maybe to worship music more as we're riding in the car. Let's start talking to him more, listening more. Let's just, maybe we'll start leaning more that direction to him. And maybe today is the day that you start a brand new relationship with him, which is super easy. The Bible just says that you, all you have to do is call upon his name. And that's good news. All you have to do is call upon his name and confess that you are a sinner in need of a savior and he meets you right where you are, but he desires a relationship with you. So we're gonna have a time of prayer this morning. If you could go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. If you would say, I think I find myself in that first bow where I need God and maybe, maybe my relationships become a little stale and I need to cultivate it. I need to put more time into it. I need to lean a little more. I need to listen so I can lean in the right direction. If that's you, I would really love to pray for you this morning. Would you just let me know that I am praying for you? And you can just raise your hand. You can sit right where you are. We'll never embarrass you. We'll never call you down front. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, this is my first time to really give my heart to God to start a relationship with him, to confess that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And if that's you today and you want to, for the very first time, give your heart to Jesus, I wanna pray with you. Would you raise your hand if that is you? Amen. Awesome. Well, church, we're gonna pray this morning. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that you desire to know us. God, thank you that you desire a relationship with us. God, we thank you that you put relationships in our lives, God, that, that, that our relationships matter. 
And God, if that's a hindrance in our prayer life, Lord, we submit those things to you. God, if we're, if we're not in right relationship with somebody, God, if there's bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, God, would we take this step of humility and say, I gotta get this right. God, we submit those things to you. And, and Lord, I pray that as you're showing us what those things are, that we'll have the courage to take the next step that it goes out of this room with us, that it doesn't stay here, but that we will get our relationships right because it, it's hindering our relationship with you. And God, I pray for our motives as we pray, that we will have pure motives. God, that you will reveal to us when we're praying with selfish motives. God, I pray for increased faith. God, I pray for our lifestyles. God, that, that if we're living a lifestyle where we're just always asking grace to cover it and we're, we, we've accepted and we've been content with maybe a lifestyle of sin, God, I pray for conviction in that. Not shame, but conviction. God, your word says that it's the kindness of the Lord that draws us to repentance. God, we believe that your way is better. God, that, you have, that your ways are higher than our ways. God, I pray for increased faith. God, we know that all things are possible with God. God, we've seen you do it in the past. God, there are times in our lives where, where maybe we would have died. Maybe things would have gone south. Maybe things would have fallen apart, but you made a way. God, you've done it for each one of us over and over again. And God, we know that with you, all things are possible. And God, I just pray that in this room right now that, that our personal levels of faith are increased. God, that we'll have faith to ask you for the big things. God, that we'll have faith to ask you for the small things. God, that we'll just have the faith to ask you for the things that are on our hearts. Lord, we pray for increased faith. And God, we ask for your will in all of this. God, we pray for your will to be done in all of our lives. God, if you don't take the cup from us, if you don't remove the thorn from our side, God, that you're working all things together for our good, even when we can't see it. And God, I pray for perseverance for those who may find themselves in that place where maybe their character and their personal development and their faith is being refined in the gym of suffering, maybe in the place of unanswered prayers. But God, we pray that, that your will be done. And Lord, I pray for those who are far from you today, who wanna give their hearts to you for the first time. God, we confess as a church that we are sinners in need of a savior, that we are sinners covered in grace. God, that when you see us, you don't see us in our sin, you don't see us in our past, you don't see us in our mistakes, you don't see us in our faults or our shortcomings or our weaknesses. God, you see us through the perfect blood of Jesus that was shed for us and we receive that forgiveness of Jesus Christ. God, may we never take it for granted. God, we give our hearts to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, can we give the Lord a hand this morning for those who accepted Jesus today? Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing mystory@thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.